James. I just want to say ahead of time that I'm not going to diss the Marvel or the DC universe. Oh, no, okay? no, oh, no, absolutely love those, not. Love those movies. Oh, Let's I just get that off the table. Now, that said, Thanos, come on. Give me a break. You saw this movie. It's not even. Everybody, welcome to this episode of Mex Flentayo. Probably a very special episode. Probably an episode that you're not used to hearing at this point because I've been putting out bangers with these days, my you know one-on-one interviews with different people. But we've got a very special episode because a very special movie came out. I'm talking about Avatar 2: Way of the Water. Or is it just Way of Water? I don't remember. I like to say Way of Water because it's wow. I can't believe they just did that. Directed by James Cameron himself. And to join me to talk about this very special movie is one of, you know, a very special guest to this show. Some call him <laughs> Mr. Take Him or Leave Him. You know, I like to call him just Dio. How's it going, Dio? It's been mostly Leave Him these days. <laughs> you know, people are saying, I don't want to, listen, I'm not saying it. More and more people are saying Leave Him. Damn. And I think that's wrong. I would never say that. I, Jeremy, I know you're listening. <gasps> I see you. Wow. Talking shit, calling out one on one, like one you know, on one, yeah, peer to peer call out. That's crazy. Yeah, Jeremy, there's smoke, bro. He sees the tweets. He sees I, the I'm hate. seeing the tweets. I don't like them. I don't Let's like them. I don't real, interact though. with them. The I don't reason give- why we were that we had not put out so many episodes was not just because of you. It was largely because of me too. <laughs> In fact, there's a whole episode that I need to put out from before the the collapse, really. But. <laughs> But it's easier to do from before the grind, from before when we decided to like stop fucking around and like do the work that we had to do. That we, <laughs> yeah, like well, that's the thing is like it's it's we got so caught up in making one of the greatest comic podcasts of all time. Yep. that we forgot to make the greatest comics of all time. Yeah, which... and we <laughs> we we had to focus on one or the other. That's the that's the sad uh, sad life of being a comic book artist, which is like we're so so goddamn talented so multi-talented except we have yeah. to dedicate uh 98 of our time on these freaking pages yeah however these days we'll be continuing until daniel comes back and when he comes back we want to do we i still want to do our vietnam series because i mm-hmm. think that will be hot if we can do it where our episodes like we had seasons of content that would be incredible and i think we should do that that's an interesting then, idea that you've submitted no that was your idea you said let's do seasons and i said that's fucking stupid but that was before i realized how hard it was to do a podcast that we do all right if you, if you uh, say you know, I'm so. giving credit to Dio. I'm giving credit to Dio. I, don't I was wanna... gonna say I was gonna actually like plant the narrative that these days was actually your uh, attempt to like strike break, that I was oh, on wow. strike and you decided to do this ploy to get all your like sort of like uh, big shot me with all your uh, super famous <laughs> friends so that I couldn't even ask for a raise or wow. anything like that. 
But you know the truth. It's not that. The truth is I wanted to make content for people that like our show until yeah. we can do our show. You can do – you You wanted to do a, a different format, a relaxed conversations with cool people. I'm on my what the fuck – what the fuckers, <laughs> you yeah. know, I forget his cat's name, but, you know, he lives. Boomer lives. <laughs> yeah. Mark Moran. Mor- so who are your guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. can't spell Marin without Ramon. Think about it. That's true. That's Damn. crazy. Wow. <laughs> it says a lot but about society. It does say a lot about society. Speaking of something that says a lot about society, the reason that we wanted to get together and I I demanded Dio come back is that I saw Way of Water Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday morning, I went to a 9 a.m. showing where it was me and three of my closest strangers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like four people bonding there in the cinema together. We we all connected our tails and just enjoyed pure cinema. Yes. And yeah. uh, it was sick as fuck. And then so we were t- I was talking about it just like wow, great movie, amazing movie. And then you went to go see it that same night, I think, Friday I mean, night. I mean, I had already told my girlfriend uh like uh a, a week back or two like we need to see this opening night. So right. we'd gotten the tickets. Tickets had been ordered. We were ready for Oh like no, I a didn't week. think that I inspired you to go. I'm just saying you coincidentally saw it the same opening like the that, night. That of. was the plan. Uh yeah. we saw it, but this uh at, at the opposite end of the day as you. This was like the nine PM showing. Packed I saw house. this mo- I saw a three hour movie at nine PM. We got out of the theater at one AM. Dang. Joyous. I was like, I I didn't sleep. Uh, after you were buzzing. That. Yeah, uh, it was. The, it was. You were like, operating at a higher vibrational frequency than you were when you went in. Yeah, it was as if I'd done sort of like cinematic cocaine. <laughs> imagine this, Daniel. Imagine you get up early to go watch a movie mm-hmm. in shitty Stockton, California. <laughs> You're transported to a magical, beautiful world of Pandora and the Navi. You know. And incredible vacation spot. And then you leave the theater and you're back in Stockton, California. <laughs> I was like, yo, I want to kill myself just like those J- Chinese people did 10 years ago or 13 years ago. That makes sense. All <laughs> because of a sudden. Pandora wasn't real. That's Yeah. Well, I didn't see the original Avatar in theater. Oh, I, I saw it like twice. Like I've seen something about the James Cameron experience with these Avatar movies has made me want to go to the theater multiple times. Mm. And yeah, I might have to double dip Avatar. on this one. On Sunday, yesterday, uh, from the day we're recording, I I tried to uh, get tickets to go see it with my parents uh, to no avail. Like, I was ready to go see it. I was going to even right. make the concession to see it regular 2D. Mm. Because well, I did see it in regular 3D. 2D. Did you I, see I saw it regular 2D because, I, you know... I, I still got a thick skull, bro. I don't learn nothing. <laughs> when I when I saw the first movie, I, I saw that shit on a hood cam rip, like in the corner of my screen. I just watched it small. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. It's a fine movie, I, whatever. I have to insist, if you do double dip, if you do decide to go again, try and splurge for the 3D. I know you have I, some, like, they're all terrible, bad idea money <laughs> lying around. Please. If I go again, it'll be another matinee, and it'll be $3 more. The only reason I didn't go this time was because this was the earlier showing. Mm-hmm. Like, I got there the- at 9 a.m., and it was like a ghost town. And, oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. My movie started at 10. I got there at, like, 9.40, and yeah, I walked in. in it, was a, 
it was a ghost town and it was like there there was nobody even taking tickets you just had to walk up to concession stand show them the little app that i had mm-hmm. got the ticket on and then uh they scanned it there and they're like you want anything and i was like no <laughs> but i just, also just knew, put on the movie man <laughs> yeah like come on just start the fucking movie but uh it was a uh, it was cool like i was glad i went and saw it first thing you know in the morning because i knew i would have got spoiled or i would have felt like an asshole if i like you know so i wanted to see it you know i was down because i had rewatched avatar one and i became avatar pilled um it's it, it, it's easy to to go through that experience like i actually haven't seen avatar one since Probably since maybe I, I've caught uh, glimpses of it on TV throughout the past few years, but like actually sitting down to watch it was 13 years ago in the movie theaters, and I was set. I was good. <laughs> I watched it last year in preparation for this movie, and then I hadn't watched it again. But I, I w- it left such a strong impact on me that I'm like, I'll see that movie like day one. And then the the advertising for this movie was felt like it was geared towards people like me, people who love. Just pure cinematic geniuses like James Cameron, you know, like because he was just like, yeah, no expense was spared. I was super late. I don't give a fuck. It's going to be long. I don't give a fuck. He's been You're a rock star about this. Super rock star. You see today that there was like he was leaving some theater or whatever. And like all these fans are uh, they wanted like autographs and he told him fuck off and he like gave him the middle finger. <laughs> I I did see the clip and I was so proud of him. Like like you, he could have just ignored them, got in the car and left, but he wanted <laughs> to like roll down the window and just pop out, pop out a finger. That's such a baller move. That's such a like sick <laughs> thing to do. Because <laughs> all these people, they just, I mean, all the people wanted to flip anyway. So like you know, yeah. fuck them. But the yeah, the fact that he's just been going through this, like I don't give a fuck if we lose money. It was worth making one of the greatest movies of all time. To him and to me. Yeah, it, it was it was very funny from the clip where everyone was basically like clamoring for his attention. And as soon as he didn't give it to them, they were like, you're a scumbag. Shame on you. It was like the immediate flip of like Hollywood itself, the, the way they've been acting towards him just because he hasn't been uh, giving these uh, uh, mainstream sort of like generic Marvel movies the time of day. Mm-hmm. And everybody has been sort of like turning on him for having an opinion on that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's that and it's like he refuses to work within that system because he doesn't have to. Because he's already made like some of the greatest, you know, movies, like capital M movies yes. that have ever been made. True like, lies. He already made Titanic. He already made Terminator 2. You know, he already made Aliens. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't need their... He made the movies that all these other movies are, like, cribbing off of to make their fucking movies, you know? Yeah, like True Lies. Like, if there's no True Lies, there's no fucking <laughs> stupid Fast and the Furious, like, late mo- period movies, you know? Like, all the yeah. big, over-the-top, and obscene action. Like, there's not that without True Lies. That was the one, you know? And that, there, and that he, doesn't happen without Terminator, you know? And that, you know, he's just... he's His mind is operating at a higher level, and I think people took shots at him because Avatar did huge business... But for some reason, they were like, oh, it had no cultural impact. And, and it's just and like I, I get conspiratorial about the lack of Avatar's cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I put on my sort of like tinfoil hat and 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 get into this mindset of like the powers that be do not want this story to uh, uh, get into the sort of like uh, mainstream subconscious. So when you say that, I agree. I fully agree 
because history is written by the winners. And ultimately, if you want to make big, big budget blockbuster movies, you want them to be working hand in hand with capital to spread a very pro-military message, which the Marvel movies do. Yeah, which you have the Thanos. DC movies you have the, the alien is the bad guy. You cannot be like uh, set the story as like in the aliens world and have us be the bad guys. Which is what the first Avatar did, and which is why when I watched it, I got so, you know, hyped up on it. Yeah, and like when, it feels subversive when you watch it. So I've been so I've been prophesizing about this movie for like weeks now. Uh, the first Avatar, because mm-hmm. I wanted people to watch the second Avatar because it's fresher in your mind. Well, so I was at the comic shop doing a signing for They're All Terrible, and how'd um, that go? <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, it was cool. Um. It was it was a little unfortunate that Diamond, who I guess handles distributing for Bad Idea now, shorted the shop that I was at, so they didn't have enough copies for the new people that were coming in. But we still had a decent amount of people come in with their copies that they bought on Wednesday. Nice. So I was like, I'm still signing copies. I don't care if they're sold now or later. I just uh, I was a little bummed because I was probably gonna have family come and get it because mm-hmm. it's like you know yeah they want to the they want to retailer support yeah. the event. So so I was like yeah. Do not come to my cousins. Like, come later. Like, there will be books here mm-hmm. later, but do not come today. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. But but it was basically cool. I watched football, and then we put up – they were like, what do you want to watch? on Because the, they, the, they have Disney Plus up. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, going to put on, you know, Avengers or something. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> not no, on no, my no, event. No, 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 no. Not at my no, event. No, 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 no. Not at my event. No, no, no. Put on Avatar. If I'm going to be sitting here watching something on the TV while I draw, put I want to see Avatar. So we watched learning it. about imperialism today. And people kept coming in and I kept informing them. I kept I kept fucking like giving them the mind expansion mm-hmm, drug, mm-hmm. you know, where I told them, listen, let me tell you a little story about subcomandante Marcos. <laughs> 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 like dead serious, Daniel. I'm like, have you ever heard of the EZLN of the Zapatistas <laughs> in the Chapas? And they're like, no, what is that? I was like, OK, so in the eight, late 80s, early 90s. There was these mountains in Mexico in the Chapas, and these people were living there sort of like, you know, very indigenous style. You know, they had their own system of governance. They were doing their own thing. And there was this guy that came in named Subcomandante Marcos. Well, he had a different name before that. But he was this guy from Mexico City that was a Marxist, that was a socialist, but had studied military training in college. So he came in thinking... You know, with his newfound Marxist and socialist principles, I'm going to teach these forest tribes how to be socialist and Marxist. That way they can learn from me, like how to live in a more, you know, justify like in a more uh, in a world with more justice or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, sounds, the people said similar. Yeah, the people said, fuck you. <laughs> the people said, how are you going to come here and tell us how to live? That's no different than the old colonizers that you're talking about. You know, like what you're saying is no different than what the other people did. We're out here doing our own thing. You should adapt to what we do. And so he said, you're totally right. And he became one with the people. He sat his Mexican ass down and listened. He said, you're right. I'm wrong. He sat his ass down and listened. But then when NAFTA began crushing them with their deals and he knew it he saw it he said guys listen you've taught me so much about how to live let me teach you so much about how to fight so then he took the tools of imperialism guns 
you know, like the military training that he knew, and they struck back and they took over one of the cities nearby and held it hostage until they got what they wanted, um, like as far as economic deals. So, you know, and they became like, you know, heroes of like, you know, uh, of like Western progressive movements. Did you start, you know, did you start accumulating like an audience that it become sort of like a uh, talk? No, more people like just turned away. They didn't want to hear about Mexican history. <laughs> But but I said, have you ever heard of a little band called Rage Against the Machine? <laughs> and they're like, Ooh, wait a second, yeah, you, got, I'm you have me I'm again. Listening. I said, have you ever heard of a little show called Andor, Disney's Andor? Because <laughs> Diego Luna is, he went to the Chapas, he sat with Subcomandante Marcos, you know, he took that in, and then he probably took some of that, you know, revolutionary spirit and applied it to his show. I haven't seen it yet, honestly, kind of boring, but good show, <laughs> I'm assuming... So, you know, that that was that was what I was saying. I'm like I'm this, assuming... this movie mm-hmm. is it this movie that you think is like Fern Gully or Pocahontas or Dances with Wolves? Hate, it's not. Hate the generic uh Twitter accounts reply guys that drop that shit. It's not it's not that get a know? new thing. That's what I'm saying. Grow up. It's it's so much bigger than that. It's so much more real than that because Jake Sully is not a white savior. Jake Savior is a race traitor. Jake Sully says, I denounce my whiteness. This body doesn't make me complete. Yeah, Yeah, I want to be a Navi. I want to be one with the people. I want to be part of the earth. I want to be, you know, I want to be whole. I want to be, you know, consumed with love, you know, so... So people think that I'm joking when I say I love Avatar. I I love Avatar. (laughs) And you you too, like, do people say, like, are you doing a bit about Avatar? To me? Yeah. Not really. I don't think I, I just like I, I even got it from my like my girlfriend. She was like, I just don't think it matters. Like it, like I think <laughs> I think you you would have to be very uh, online to even think that there is an avatar discourse. Mm. She's not. So, well, so bless her. I, I'm just talking about the comic shop. People thought I was or, or like, you know, online, like friends that I have are like, are you kidding about this avatar shit? I'm like, no, no, no. It's a sick movie beyond. Like, so when I got home from Avatar 2, I talked to my roommate, and they were like, oh, what did you think of the movie? And I said, oh, it was, it was amazing. It was fucking, it was so great. Five out of five, seven out of seven, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, not what you're going to tell Twitter. Like, tell me what you think. <laughs> and I was like, I'm dead serious. This is not a bit. I mean this. They're like, Ramon, please turn off the persona. Yeah, they, they thought I was doing a bit, and I'm like, I'm not doing a bit. This Let is me- real. Yeah, let me plug into the fucking tree of souls right now. No, like um, most of like my family are like were unaware that there was gonna be like a new Avatar movie. <laughs> so whenever I do talk to them, I just mention that I've seen it and and I wholeheartedly like endorse it. Like I, I the 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 cool thing is that my mom she completely get gets it like she yeah. was a big avatar head when it came out like i think she's watched the movie more times than i have that's what's up so she was really excited to go see it she has a full back tattoo of natiri <laughs> i think she just i think she just identifies with natiri as being like sort of like a like a protector of nature Yes, uh, that kind of attitude. My mom has always had that uh, very Queen. close connection. She has a beautiful garden in the back of the house that she's sort of like she has a very green thumb. Damn. So yeah, uh, she got really hype at the fact that there even was a new Avatar movie. 
Um, she, and to, for it's a new one, you say, and mom, listen, new one, island people. Yeah, new one, it's in Puerto Rico. It's set in Puerto Rico, basically. <laughs> Which is why I wanted to have you on to talk about this it's one. The because it was like, back. well, I said, listen, I'm a, I'm a before us people. I'm from the Chapas. Not confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm from Mexico, period. But, you know, I, yeah. I have, I listen, I'm from the people of the sun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you are an ocean, an oceanic people. So it, I thought it's only right. It's very beautiful. Like I can see maybe someone, James Cameron, whoever's saying that it's sort of like representative of like the Pacific well, Islanders. To, maybe okay. So let's get into that a little bit because I saw like m- the same way that Avatar One has like the, so many jungle tribes. Mm-hmm. Like that is Africa. It is Mexico. It is. Uh, you know, Native Americans. It's all of that. The same way that it's like a synthesis of all these different indigenous tribes of like, you know, people that live in like woods and forests and jungles. Mm-hmm. This one is for like water yes. shit. I you know, agree. I think that's that's part of it. Like, you know, it's you can't really. Because like, there, there was these moments, like there was these shots of, for example, when they were like fishing, they used a specific type of net and the actual movement of throwing the net is something that, well, that is very much done, like traditional fishermen on the island have thrown the net exactly like that. I know, like, I know this because uh, for uh, early part of my professional life, I was like a, a science education illustrator for a oh, program shit. called Sea Grant. It's, it w- it's a college program dedicated to informing the public about uh, marine and coastal resources. Mm. So I was I was in my element in that like second two thirds of the movie. That element being water. That element being water, being the coast. Right. It wasn't it wasn't just like an ocean because like the Atlantic is very harsh, a lot of wave crashing like the north coast of puerto rico is is a lot more aggressive but when you go to like the west and south you get like sort of like that calmer caribbean where you get like the turquoise water you get Mm. the sorry uh you get the the vistas that you see in in the way of water by the way it's the way of water right yeah but i think there also is obviously clear like samoan yeah you know yes like that's also there like the tribal tats and everything is so sick in the movie yeah no i was like yeah james cameron saw moana i get it (laughs) i I thought you know what i thought if the rock got offered the role of that guy and was like nah i'm good like uh he's an idiot you need to see my face because <laughs> that's do basically CGI. like a rock roll that it just was not the rock. It, it really was. It really was. It could have been. But shout outs to that guy. Yeah, shout out to that New Zealander guy. I looked him up. I don't know him. He's a Maori, so it makes sense. You yeah. know, big big love. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the new Avatar movie comes out. The jaded assholes are being jaded about it. The yeah. true fans, the true lovers of cinema of of beauty on film we all were excited mm-hmm. let's get into it so from this point on if you haven't seen avatar way of the water i think we've given you a good idea that you should go see it go see it once or twice yeah but there's a spoiler alert here from everything on after we will be talking about the movie we're going to be talking about the ideas we're going to talk about how much we loved it we're going to be talking be a- about spider's story 
it will not be like a point by point breakdown of the movie because we just it's too much and it's too much. <laughs> it's like it's three hours and i don't have the notes for that but we will go into as much of it as we feel like needs to get talked about but you know in the classic mex flintile style we have to we had to talk about it we just had to talk about it it was a movie about mexicans and puerto ricans vibing together yeah and that's what we do puerto ricans are uh, famously accepting of anyone false just like the people in the movie you guys are belligerent and rude you just gotta you just gotta vibe you just gotta know how to vibe <laughs> and the kids and jay so the story and Itiri, they vibed they learned to vibe so here we go after the sully clan discovers old enemies have returned to settle old debts the family is forced to flee their home and transfer their kids to a new school. It's a classic fish out of water story, <laughs> but the opposite, a non-fish into water story. <laughs> there, the kids conflict with the aquatic Navi tribe who have evolved to live in the ocean and do things like swim and talk to whales. But they can't escape their old problems forever as they are found by the marine villains of the first movie who are in league with evil Kiwi whalers that are systematically hunting down all of the Navi's whale friends live love laugh drama death destruction it's not a movie it's the movie avatar 2 way of water in theaters now that was incredible that's how yeah. you sell the movie baby you just did a sort of an audio trailer yeah what was your so so the heroes of the movie this is how i'm going to break it down i want to talk about the different characters i feel like this really is more of a character-driven movie than a plot-driven movie. That's what's incredible movie. about this film. Like, as, as much as it will be praised because it's undeniable, technically, these these characters have real heart. Yeah. I mean, that's the... It's... Did you cry? Yeah. Yeah. I cried. Uh, I cried, like, two or three times, I think I cried. A, a couple times, almost. One time, for real. Like, are uh, uh, can we, like, get into the specific moments now at this point? Uh yeah, I guess so. Uh, when did you cry? <laughs> in the when it cuts when they're doing sort of Natayam's funeral. Yeah, and it yeah, cuts yeah, to yeah. the moment he was being when he's born, a baby, when he's a little boy. He's being presented to the tree, and they cut to him being. I'm getting emotional now, the, right now, talking about yeah. it. When it shows him, and you find out that like some of those awkward moments are them in the future being able to reconnect in the past or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my god, he got he got to see his son one more time. That's so fucking sad. <laughs> yeah. So so to to be clear, what happens is in the movie, Jake Sully and his family, they go they are they, they're refugees. In, uh they're refugees because the Marines come back from space and now it's a what's his name? What's the main guy's name? Colonel Quaritch. Quaritch. <laughs> yeah, I what's always his, like, just called him name? Duke Nukem. Yeah, Duke Nukem. Let's just call him Duke Nukem from here on out. But what's the guy from uh, fucking the Small Soldiers guy? He's back. All all your favorite jarheads are back. Corporal Lyle Waynefleet. Yeah, Waynefleet. Uh, but but yeah, the Duke Nukem guy, his he gets his consciousness put into a Navi. Yeah, they they did a backup. Out. They they had a backup of him <laughs> that they uploaded into a, a strong ass Navi with like his his face yeah and in the in the movie in the first like five minutes it, i love that they don't recap they just go so here's what they've been up to mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> like it, was, a it was almost jarring but they 
brought back these elements from the first film in a way that sort of like uh, refreshed your memory. Yeah, it just goes like, here's where we've been, not really here's where we were. Mm-hmm. And so you find out that Jake and Sully, uh, uh, Jake and Sully, Jake and Naitiri, they had four kids. Yeah, a whole litter. They had a whole litter, and they also had, oh no, they had three kids. They also had one adopted daughter mm-hmm. who was Sigourney Weaver's daughter. Played by Sigourney Weaver as well. Played by Sigourney Weaver. And she's a she's a Navi as well, and also that that Duke Nukem guy, he had a kid too. They were all busy out here. Surprise! That spider. That spider, the notorious spider. Like a lot of people are are uh, online who haven't seen the movie are are joshing on the fact that there's a there's a guy named Spider, but the son of a hard ass jarhead uh, colonel. Turning into like a crust punk burnout is is very true to to a, it's a, very an idea. It's very real. So so yeah. So they, they when the Marines come back, they're basically forcing Jake and his family away from the tribe because if they stay there, they are going to slaughter the whole tribe just to get to Jake. So he's like to protect this tribe, we have to leave. He we has have a to moment go somewhere of else. like panic. It's it's it, yeah. it's not necessarily like the most calculated smart decision he, he 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 makes he makes the smartest decision he can as quickly as possible because it's not only that they're back it's that the first experience that they have with these new jarhead navi is that they had they almost killed their children <laughs> yeah like at one at one time and like it's traumatizing so they yes. leave and they they go to the ocean they go to an ocean tribe and they have to adapt there and then the movie just settles in for a while and it's like let's just learn what it's like here like in the same way avatar one is like let's just learn what it's like in this forest Mm -hmm. it's let's learn what it's like in this water and it's fucking beautiful and it's and it's not only that it's like you learn what it's like to be a kid in that world right yeah and you learn what it's like to be an adult in that world through jake and and natiri and how they adapt so Jake and Atiri, I wrote here. I wrote here about Jake and Atiri. Uh, in this movie, they're largely domesticated and have given up the fight for their youth. Though the fire still burns within them, when their family is threatened, I love how they represent '60s boomer generation who abandoned their ideals to raise families and live happily. But their homes are literally burned away, and they have to reconcile with the idea of peace in a world where the enemies of peace never rest. I think. James Cameron is semi-disgusted by his generation, mm-hmm. but he never plays them as anything other than like the ultimate badasses who get the job done when it counts. Um, I thought that one of them was going to die, but luckily neither of them did. Yeah, I, I don't think they could do that for this movie. Uh, they're, they're, like, they're not maybe safe yet. Like, No, are, they're not. No, yeah, no, no. Nothing, when, nothing set in stone, but yeah. When Jake goes out so at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. there's like this big confrontation and the whole time the marine dude is telling them listen all i want is jake 1v1 just 1v1 me that's all i want 1v1 me but jake knows if i beat his ass they're gonna kill me (laughs) so he doesn't want to do it because he wants to protect his family or whatever he's the leader so at one point they have all the kids again kidnapped again and then jake has to like go out on his uh little whale thing not whale it's like a barracuda yeah like flying barracuda steed yeah when he swims out uh 
he it's just like I thought he was gonna die because then you see him through like the scope mm-hmm. and it's just like they're wait they're waiting to take the shot and I was like oh god he's gonna die this is it for our beloved Jake I I thought it was gonna be like a like very dramatic it was gonna go slow motion you're just gonna see the bullet go through his fucking skull <laughs> not nah, cameras too good for that well it would have been cool though yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, but what what ends up happening is so much cooler. Right, right, right. But so, I mean, how did you feel about Jake and Nateri? Because I saw people talk about they were sidelined in this movie. They were. I mean, the thing is, uh, like Zoe Saldana probably has a whole ass career. Uh, like you cannot. Oh, she's a guardian of the galaxy. Yeah, but you can't depend on these people for uh, like James Cameron scope. Of, right. of of filmmaking, like well, it's a miracle Sam Worthington's like alive and kicking to do this. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> like I don't mean alive. I mean like I mean it's it's first of all, if there's anyone who's like thank God she's alive, it's Sigourney Weaver. Yes, <laughs> no, but I, I didn't mean alive really. I mean like uh, it's a miracle that Sam Worthington is up to the task. Right. I and mean, he is too. I felt uh, that was like a great performance. I feel like great. whenever it's time for him to be in a James Cameron movie, mm-hmm. not any like James Cameron, like, you know, Terminator, mm-hmm. I guess, is, you know, he's not always up to that. But when it's time for these Avatar movies, he's like, all right, yes. I'm fucking Joe Montana. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to go. I've been, I'm the greatest of all time. I've been exploring the, like, the hashtag Avatar The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. On, on Twitter, and one of the co-trending topics has been Jake Sully. Just out of curiosity, I'm like, what are people saying about Jake Sully? There's a lot There's a lot of, like, online thirst for my man. We got Jake Sully stands out here. There are some, like, freaky ladies who are into, like, the daddy thing. Like, as soon as Damn. he went daddy, Damn. Jake Sully, it, it sort of changed. When my Jake put his, his hair up in dreads? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's when he says baby girl. Oh, wow. That's I, hilarious. I, I'm not going to psychoanalyze these Twitter girls <laughs> right now. I'm not going to get into that. But I, I love, though, like the whole movie is basically like. So when I rewatched Avatar 1, the whole movie is about him being a warrior who wants to fight for peace, which is, you know, it is a oxymoron, right? Mm hmm. So this movie, he's a, he's done it. Like he's been living his life. He's happy. He's good. He's content. He doesn't need to fight anymore, right? Yeah. And when they come back, he's like, I just I don't want to fight. I'll mm-hmm. run. I'll hide. We, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. we'll stick together. This is my kingdom. This family. You know. And then the whole movie is just like pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. At the end, he's like, All right, he got the battle paint on. He's like, Let's fucking go. If that's what you want. You know. Incredible moment. It's so good. So, yeah. like, the whole movie building to this arc that he's having quietly in the background is great to me. So that's why I was like, you know, I guess they're sidelined. If there's anyone who's sidelined, it's Zoe Saldana, you know? Yeah. Because she doesn't have an arc. She's yeah. just, I love my family. I hate that I'm having to do this. And at the end, she's like, I still hate that <laughs> I have to do this. I think I I do appreciate this sort of, like, element of, like, she just doesn't fuck with humans, full stop. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because she has the big moment where at the end of the movie, yeah. the jarhead has her daughter. I think she has, he has Kiri, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has Kiri, and she has Spider, and the two of those the two of those kids are in love. She been dying to kill Spider. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. She's been thinking, like, who, get this little white boy out of my fucking face. Yeah, she's been, but like, trying to find an excuse to lose him. Yeah, so so this motherfucker thinks, I know you guys. You're not going to kill my son. Like, uh, not, not Natiri, uh, mm-hmm. the jarhead guy. He's like, I know you guys are going to fucking kill my son. Stop playing. Stop playing. And then she slices his throat, but, like... Soft. Subtly? Like, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> enough to draw some... She draws some blood. And he's like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. then she's like, I will stab him. Mm-hmm. Like, don't think I won't. And he's like, oh, fuck, fuck. Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> and even in that moment with Duke Nukem, like, you can see... I like that there, that this character is has levels to him. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, in a, we'll get in into that. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. We're talking to Tiri. Um, we're talking to Tiri. But you know, you see that she has that like ferocious spirit. She's she's compromised so much mm-hmm. at at to for one goal to save her family. And I think by that point, she's already lost a son. Yeah, at that moment, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's done. She's done. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, that mo- that movie, she doesn't really have an arc so much as she just has like a. Like, like, don't fuck with me. You know, she's yeah. like, I'm not a killer, but don't test me. Yeah, like, by Tupac the end said. of it, by the end of it, though, it did become a little bit predictable that she was going to, like, let out this, like, sorrow yell. Like, she had done it, mm. like, two or three times already in the movie. And, like, when when Nateyem is dead, uh, w- w- like, we already knew, like, oh, she's going to sorrow yell and hiss. But she does that in the other movies too. So yeah, it so sense. it's her, it's her thing. That's her, it's her thing. Yeah, that's her thing. Yeah. But it, she's it, a, she's <laughs> an emotional woman, you know, and that yes. and that way she's the most Latina. Truly, truly, she, <laughs> she was letting it out. She was letting it out. If, if nothing makes her more Latinx than that, I don't know what does, you know. Yeah. So it it does add credence to the fact that maybe this wasn't Puerto Rico. Uh. Well, no, she's not Puerto Rican. She's Mexican. But yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about I'm talking about the the. The cultural makeup of Pandora. Right, 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 right. So, so now we get to the old son. You know the names. I'm, I'm shocked by that. When no, they were no, that, I'm, just I, like, I'm uh-huh, not. Uh-huh. I'm not pretending to be anything like an expert. I just, I just have Google open with Avatar: Way of Water characters, and I got the whole list right here. Okay, so I have the old son, the 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 oldest Nateum, son, and then Nateum. there's Loak, which is the okay, character. We'll, we'll get that to that. We'll get to that. So, the, so here's yeah. what I wrote for the old son absolutely mid how'd you write all this in 15 minutes <laughs> don't hey don't ever question me <laughs> don't ever question my work ethic bro I, i've been on my grind incredible yeah so Phenom. yeah yeah backstory i wrote all these notes in 15 minutes and then we started recording yeah this is completely impromptu oldest son absolutely mid too comfortable being who his parents want him to be a good boy but the kind of boys that die in wars which he does but this is true to being an older brother it is true to well some experiences not mine well i guess some yeah never mind there is there is a i'm i'm not this is but no hate on older brother. Bro- i'm a younger brother i'm a yeah i'm i'm a like a the baby of the family but uh there is so you're took uh, let's say sure sure let's do that but um I think that there is a sort of a burden of responsibility put onto older brothers, or at least there is a meme, a meme of older brothers where they are given much more to bear than uh, the uh, subsequent siblings. Like parents do all their learning of how to parent on that older sibling. Yeah, and they're expected to look out for the younger ones and all that shit. There, there is like a. 
when you watch the movie, like it, it fits into archetypes. The whole thing is like, this is, it feels like this is so many stories the same way the first one was. And that's why people like yeah. kind of mock Jake it. Jake is just, very much a father archetype. Right. And, and so this movie, like the oldest son has to be that guy. He has to be the one who is trying to do the right thing, who just wants to keep, you know, his younger kid, his younger brothers and sisters out of trouble. Who's a protector, mm -hmm. you know? Like, so, so it's not surprising that he's the Rocky of the three ninjas, you know, <laughs> like he has to be, that's, you know, that's the role that that character has to play. And when he does it, he's the one. But it is, it is very much like it, it sentences him to death. It sentences him to death. Right. Yeah. Because, but the thing is like, he's as much as he's their son, their first son, mm -hmm. he's not, he's not like his parents in the way that that they became survivors in the first movie. And I'll get to that when I talk about the other brother. But he he does become kind of sidelined, but he makes the ultimate sacrifice of like, okay, I need to do the right thing here. I need to provide cover for Spider and my younger brother. And when they get away, you know, if he takes the bullet, mm -hmm. and you just know, you just know, when I realized that Jake wasn't going to die, I was like, he's going to die. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's the brother. He's the he's the older Johnny Cash brother. He's the wrong son died guy. <laughs> he's the he's the Heath Ledger and the Patriot. Yeah, he's the fuck up. I mean, he's the good son. The fuck up is the one who lives and has to carry on the legacy, even though he's not ready for it. Mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. we'll get into that. So I named him the Jonathan Taylor Thomas son, because <laughs> <laughs> he is Randy, bro. He's that motherfucker, you know. Yeah, he yeah. He is Simba. He is. The 90s fucking teen kid. You know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas should have been this, the boy in Free Willy. That should have been him, you know? So, I, I said he's very cool. I love how the movie shifts focus to spend time with him and his love of a fellow wandering badass who happens to be a whale. He is the true inheritor of his parents' rebellious streaks. They are radicals. They defied authority. They fell in love when the world and laws of nature were against them. It only makes sense that the true son would be seen as a fuck-up loser who wanders off and gets everyone else into trouble. He will be the leader of the army that eventually defeats the Sky People. He is about that life. I wholeheartedly agree. Like, this is a, this yeah. is a character that... Obviously, he's he's given much more screen time. He's he's given much more uh, elements of being misunderstood. He's mm -hmm. uh, he's he suffers in in a way that the rest of the cast really doesn't get to. Yeah. Well, it's him and his sister, but we'll get into that in yeah. a second. But yeah, he. So one thing that I didn't, I couldn't quite realize if it was happening or not. Was there like a subtle love triangle with him? And the other tribes, like daughter, and like the two brothers, because I thought that she was like sweet on the older brother, but then he has some moments with her, and I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be there, or if that was like I'm just reading it wrong. I mean, hey, the Navi do things different. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> why, you, it doesn't have to be saying, either though, right? or. I know, but you see what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, no, I, was I, I, I did I, I read that mean. wrong, like, or was that not I, there? I, I don't think that they. I don't think that they gave too much attention or direction towards her name is Tsureya. Tsureya? Yeah, the port the a true Puerto Rican. Yeah. A baddie. She saw will. she saw them two boys. She, she listens was like, to Bad Bunny. Mm. She does. <laughs> she does. She's into Bad Bunny. Like women love Bad Bunny. Like as She's into him. Yeah. I, I, I think that they set up mostly like Lowak and her as as being this 
uh, flirtation. Loax, the older brother? No, Loax, the younger one. See, so I thought she was with the older brother at one point when they're like on the things because they go out looking for him. I guess it was, I don't know. I, 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 so what I'm saying is at points, I noticed that the younger mm-hmm. brother and her had these moments. And I'm like, wait a minute. But I thought she was with the older brother who was like the captain of the football team guy, you know? Yeah, but at the at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, that problem's resolved. <laughs> well, there's no problem if I'm the only one who saw it. So yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was James Cameron, like half, at, maybe if, maybe there were some scenes cut out that would well, have explained I mean, that I more. mean, just think about it, like, there's so many moments in this movie where where I I've seen people like nitpick or complain about characters, and I see these actions and they just feel like true to life. I don't know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, two two new boys, two new young like right. let's say one or two year difference boys come to school, and a girl might get flirty with either of them. Yeah, well that's but so the, all I'm saying is I was. If the movie was maybe longer, we could have they would might have explored that, but it doesn't uh, really. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. Like you said, the whole thing feels so naturalistic. It feels like a nature documentary that it's like, who gives a shit about the yeah, <laughs> you know, the B plot? Like that's beside the point. Like either either of those boys is uh, cuckolding the other tribe boys. Neither of them are. Do- yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just truck cuckolding the the one other guy yeah. in the tribes. Yeah. Uh, Aunung. Aunung, I guess. <laughs> I refuse to say their real names. No, I'm I'm doing all of them. I got the list right here. I only got Natari. That's all I got for you. Oh no, no, no <laughs> that's not true. I got Kiri and I got Tuk. Yeah, Natayim um, and Loak. You know. <laughs> right, Loak is his name. Loak, yeah. Loak to me is Caesar in Planet of the Apes. Mm, he is mm-hmm. the chosen one. Mm-hmm. He is the leader of an army. Now, should they fight? I don't know, but. He is the one that will lead them because he will rise to the moment. That is his story. And this movie is like in the like what's that uh like the archetype of all stories, like the fucking uh like the hero's journey. The hero's journey, but like less racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that that <laughs> apparently the hero's journey is like fascist. Yeah, like so imagine a less fascist hero's journey. Yeah. That's what this movie is. So in the context of these me these archetypes, these memes of of story, he will be the one. I'm sure James Cameron like is following some of that in in creating this story you you think he is yeah like i don't think i i it seems intentional i i think there's a lot of without we we could like completely go off on a tangent on this and i don't want to but but i'm i'm sure that maybe someone like james cameron who isn't like completely up to date on the modern take on what the hero's journey is might still see that as like a valid archetype to use for a boy character or like a male character sure it's just not following that though in so far in some things like the fact that he doesn't want to be a hero like loak doesn't want to like get it like follow his father's footsteps sure okay yeah, yeah this yeah. kind of thing if, if, that's the thing is this movie could these movies could play out to be a long play for his hero's journey and also like for jake like there's a little bit of that for jake like how he like there's a call to action and jake instead of doing that he leaves like the action right, right, right. comes to him there that makes sense there is some i don't know i don't i listen listeners i don't follow the fascism the way daniel <laughs> does that's his thing that's not my thing yeah I, he's gonna lie and say oh i just have up the notes i don't know what i i forgot i even forgot what the guy's name is the hero's journey guy who's the hero's journey you know what let's just google it right now the hero's journey man 
He's like one of these like. Fa- it's like the Star Wars guy. Yeah. I think what's his name likes him like uh, I, what's his face the Peterson I think Peterson probably it all feels very uh tied together in in the subconscious like sort of like the great men. Yeah, oh, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell. It's a Carl Jung thing. That's why. Yes. Yeah, so the Joseph Campbell thing, like, you know, again, I don't want you to – I learned this in fucking freshman year of high school, and I I completely forgot it, so – Yeah, and I'm not not in favor or for or against. I'm just saying that there are elements that have permeated across narrative history that probably James Cameron might be touching upon – Purposefully or not. Here's a fact. If there was anybody that would want to make a new Bible, a new myth, mm-hmm. it would be James Cameron. <laughs> he's, he's actively doing that. He's making he's the, the Bible of Pandora. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, speaking of biblical prophecies, uh, Kiri mm. or Kiri. Mm. Wow. Here's what I wrote. Wow. What a performance <laughs> by Sorgorny Weaver. Not only did she convince me that she was a teenage girl, she convinced Spider Age gap problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I wonder. I wonder how those mocap scenes are gonna go. <laughs> I buy that love story for sure, but it was smart of the movie to hold it off for at least one film or two. Yeah, they give they give it resonance. They give it res. Well, it's just like it's you know it's it's there, but like when they say when Jake is like, "Are you sad?" She's like, "Yeah." She's like about spiders. She's like, "I guess," but more about some other shit. <laughs> Yeah, she's fully she's not fully about him, but he's fully about her. Yeah, for, they have to do sure. it soon while they're still sort of like the same height. Uh, yeah, well, Kira's going to like keep sprouting. She's going to be like a 10 foot woman soon. Right now, she's like six, seven. Spider can still get up there. He's a short king, though. I think he, that he's 18 years old, that kid. Yeah, they're about so, the same age. They're about the same age. Spider's like yeah, the but, oldest of them. Sure. So, uh, Kiri, born of immaculate birth, is likely the da- the daughter of Sigourney Weaver and the Tree of Souls, who I thought was a was a a woman. So I mm. think this is a truly lesbian mm. product, who is completely at one with nature. That's she is the Earth daughter. She is quirky. She is adorable. She is the outcast who would be a horse girl if she wasn't just moved <laughs> away from all the horses. She will eventually bring peace. Bring bring peace somehow. She is the Messiah that no prophecies have foretold. She will break the patriarchy. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so I thought she was great, Kiri. I I agree. I I I think that if we are not criticizing, but if we're analyzing uh sort of like the gender roles of these characters because there is very much an an element of uh, gender roles in this movie. The women bring chaos. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I, I wasn't gonna get into that to that level. No, but I, I think that Kiri and Natiri and Moat, Natiri's mother, all sort of like sort of represent sort of more of a connection to the divine feminine. Right, a hundred percent. And but that's why I said that mm-hmm. the the Earth Tree was that, or the Tree of Souls was that. Yes. And the speculation is the tree is, you know, the the when Mori. They thought that there was that nobody nerd guy who stuck back. Yeah, nobody believes that it's dorky. Nobody believes it's that guy. dorky avatar. It's not. No, dork avatar guy. It's not him. So like he's going to be doing that Mori dance. Like you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> she has no. two moms yeah. for sure. Yeah. And the other one is the tree. When they linked up and everything, yeah. the tree felt that vibe. She felt that like, oh damn, what's going on here? 
So they they produced this little. I don't know how it was done. Like they just said, like yeah, she had a baby. <laughs> and yeah, like, she, uh, and what? she's. But the thing is, Sigourney Weaver avatar mother. Yeah. Is apparently kind of alive in a tube in the, like, is are they like brain dead? Her body's just there. Yeah. But they they have a pulse. They're a th- they're they're there. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I I don't like I don't know what that is a setup for. But as an aside, I I found it very like uh impressive how this movie got to me so much or like I was so immersed in the movie that when Kiri's having like uh her sort of like tree world tree tree of life vision yeah and sigourney weaver like stands up and hugs her i'm like why is sigourney weaver a giant (laughs) i was like holy like i have i'd become so immersed that the fact that sigourney weaver could be taller than kiri was like blowing my mind here's how immersed i was i at the end of the movie i'm thinking that middle jonathan taylor thomas kid star yes that giddy girl star and I was like, Who, whoever played those two kids, they're going to be huge. And I was like, wait a minute. Those are fake. Yeah. Those are fake people. <laughs> well, like, the boy may not be nothing. The boy may be, like, literally fucking nobody. And that's Sigourney Weaver that I'm talking about. She is a mm-hmm. star. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just got lost in it. That, I was that's like, Sigourney Weaver's got a promising future. You're right. Yeah, I was like, damn, okay, that's what's up. Shout out to Sigourney Weaver. She kind of killed it. I, I, I hope that the other kids get some kind of, like, time and publicity where people like learn their actual faces because right now they're just cg people whom i've grown to love yeah yeah the and the the, uh kitty though are you are you vibing with that i'm saying that she's going to bring the peace to the pandora between them and the sky men somehow i think the movie sets her up in such a way where she has a, a different level she's on a completely different level than everybody she might be the quizat's hatteract of of pandora sorry sorry to bring means, dune bro. into this thank you i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about uh paul oh okay from dune paul dune yeah yeah paul dune yeah okay i know him he is paul, he had a tribal tat in ramon villalobos's dune I'm, I'm i'm waiting to see that comic but keep waiting that character is the <laughs> the culmination of human evolution in a way yeah yeah, for sure. She is one with the earth. She will, like in the movie, she has these like spasms, and she like you know, she like I said, she's adorable. If they could have gave her glasses, they probably would have. And that's also like an, a, an incredibly endearing trait. She has uh, epilepsy. She has epilepsy. Being epileptic is quirky. It's real. It actually happens. Like I have family <laughs> who who has this condition. Yeah. Well, yeah, so she when she plugs into the tree of life, she gets these uh they it triggers her. <laughs> and she uh it, it, well, she like plugs into the tree of life it, and it's, it's like she watched Pokemon in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> she relives everything. And she goes and and has an attack. Well, yeah, she asks her mom, "Who's my father?" And then she's just like, eh, psych, get out of here." <laughs> Basically. She's like, nah. "Yeah, it's cool though cuz she could control all the fishies. Mm-hmm. She could control all the plants." She can control everything through like psychic powers, like Carrie. Yeah, she like or wargs. like Matilda, or yeah, she does all that. You know, she's she's very much a Matilda. She's a Matilda for sure, for sure. Or uh, Rachel in the Rage, Carrie too. Yeah, let's say yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope it's a good 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 version of this. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Like a sweet, like if Cinderella or Snow White had powers, she could control the animals around her. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, they they have their own free will, but what if they didn't? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have Took. I wrote cute kid. Cute kid. Um, it wasn't up until like, <laughs> wasn't up until like the last fifteen or sixteen minutes where I was like, oh, that's a girl. You what? That's a that's a little girl. <laughs> no, I knew it was a little girl. No, I it like it doesn't change my opinion of the character at all. I'm I'm so progressive and I'm practically oh, wow. blind about gender. That's I don't huge. see gender. Gender is a social construct. Yeah. So when <laughs> when they kind of refer to her as her. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Tuke had one of the lines that did crack me up, where she keeps getting she keeps getting caught <laughs> by the fucking marines. Yeah, and they uh they they keep handcuffing her to these different railings, and they they handcuff her, and she goes, I can't believe I'm handcuffed again. <laughs> <laughs> it and it, it's a very like, innocent she's moment. So beside herself. Yeah. Like, God damn. Great character. Great little character. You need. Yeah. Fun. At, it, it's sort of like the the inverse of Nateum, where Nateum is sort of truncated as a character because he's, he's the oldest. Took yeah. is a little bit truncated as a character because she's the youngest. But it right. it at least she has potential to evolve later right, on. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, you know. But I gotta be honest. If you're if you're taking uh if you're taking bets on the futures of these kids, uh. <laughs> No, 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 one. no! Come on, come on! Let's not. Let's if not. There's one who's gonna have her fucking skull crushed. Let's not put a scope. Let's not her. put a target on on poor little Tuke. I'm just saying, if we're taking if we're taking futures, I would say she's she might be ahead of the Messiah and the war leader <laughs> somehow. <Shut> up, man, <laughs> a little bit of a bummer. Let's. I, although I would put her below one of her parents. Yeah. Either one. I think Either honestly, one. if we're if we're if we're going speculator baseball on this, I think it's gonna be Natiri. Natiri, yeah, yeah. Well her her uh her bow broke. Her bow broke. She was and already very that, she she still's got that anger, she's got that resentment. Zoe and, Saldana's got other film commitments. And Jake Sully needs to work more. Yes. Yeah, Sam he's got nothing going on. <laughs> he's, he's gonna be there for Avatar nine. <laughs> <laughs> James, baby, come on! More avatars or not? You know, I, you know, I'm ready. Jake Sully, remember Taruk Makto? Come on, James, put me come in. Come on, dog. You know, I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm him. He's yeah. Lastly, on our main characters list, I have Spider. Spider. We talked about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. He is maybe the most memeable character from this movie. He's he's I sort of like the Babu freak of this movie. <laughs> I said, well, you know what he's like. Have you ever seen Planet of the Apes? Uh, yes, which one? The J- the Tim Burton one. Uh, okay, I th- that's that. the one that I've maybe only seen that movie only one time. <laughs> they have that white girl with dreads who's like dressed <laughs> like a native. And I'm like, that's that's Spider. That's, that's okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> him. He's he's the opposite of the Earth Mother. Yeah, he. But, but that's he tri- why he's so interesting. But he tries. He's born of man, raised by the Navi, a down-ass white boy like Jake Sully in the first movie, but the son of the worst human being to ever live. He hates his dad because he grew up knowing he tried to kill his adopted family. Mm -hmm. So it's the ultimate head fuck when his dad shows up as a fucking Navi, exactly what he's always wanted to be. He paints himself up in blue. Uh, and where has Navi markings and wears dreads and a loincloth and an act of cultural appropriation because he loves the Navi so much. He's into Kiri and his brothers with her brothers, 
But yet when push comes to shove, he has to save his father's Navi clone mm-hmm. who showed him that he loves him. I suspect that he will cut off his dreads and betray the Navi. He's got pig blood running through them veins. No, I disagree. I disagree <laughs> oh, only about that end part. I okay. think I think this is more like a, a Lion King 2 situation. I didn't see Lion King 2. I got to admit, Lion, King, Lion two King 2 was outside of my purview. Is essentially the story of Scar's son. Okay, okay. And who's a rat, who's a fucking... He's got pig blood in his veins, too. But who manages to uh, fall in love with Simba's daughter? Uh, that's his cousin. It's, well, you know them cats. <laughs> cats is freaky. Um, That's his cousin, bro. And uh, that's so, incest. And so... Uh, Wait, so you're telling me Lion King 2 was about incest? Essentially, it's a movie about Bruh, incest. We can't be doing all that. What are we doing? And so... Scarson is he does have he is like darker skinned and he's got that black hair, but he has the potential to be good. No, I disagree. I think he's cutting them dreads off. I don't think I I I, <laughs> I wanna see I wanna see like like spiders IG reels when it's like when when the Navi dates a down ass white boy. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that genre of reels or tiktoks where they're sort of like really inappropriately celebrating their interracial relationships yeah it's it's a it's a very fascinating genre yeah i saw some funny videos where there's like this white guy like this on instagram Mm -hmm. who's doing like isn't it crazy how white white people do this and black people do this but he was like he's a white guy (laughs) (laughs) he was like he was like you know we uh when, it's like when uh when a white guy when you when you're riding with a white guy and you miss the exit and he goes uh hey i think you missed the exit back there <laughs> and then it was like when a black guy you know when you're riding with a black guy and you miss the exit and he goes like hey we going hey where are we going <laughs> <laughs> remote give me, me one up. second but that's that's spider that's spider baby i need to pause a second i got i got to do some cat discipline oh okay give me a sec <laughs> look at hey. he becomes who he yeah. hates you hear him back there? That's crazy. That's crazy. I can't believe he is the villain of the Avatar movies. And this man tried to say he loves the Navi. Interesting. I apologize for that. I got a yeah. rambunctious little cat devil. The audience, uh, I let them in on you. You're basically the villain of Avatar. <laughs> Yes. A cat tries to run free and you just want to shut that motherfucker down. Yeah. Interesting. Very weird. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to kill their whales. So now that we've talked about the heroes, now I want to talk a little bit about the villains. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh so for this I wrote that guy. Which guy? And I cause I don't know his name. Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. All right. <laughs> Chip Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> I said he's the worst. He's the ultimate hater. At a certain point, his mission is just to take down Jake Sully because he couldn't take an L. Yes. He is the American empire in a nutshell. We we keep going into these places, trying to overrun them, trying to do what we want. We leave as losers, and then we keep coming back and try to impose our will anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he doesn't – he or the American empire cannot just, like, let a people win. Right. It's, it's sort of how – let's say uh, – a, a revolution or an insurgency or, or a group of people managed to push uh, American presence out, they will still go and like CIA hit 
whoever led yep. that thing. Yep, and that's what he's here to do. That's his one like mission. His one mission is to go kill Jake Sully. It's to not, not let unobtainium, mm-hmm. not for any other reason than I'm here to kill this guy who handed me a hard L. Yes. That's crazy. But it's insane. Again, true to reality. True to the American imperial imperialism. That's why we were in Iraq mm-hmm. because George W. Bush couldn't hand the, handle the fact that Papa Bush took a hard fucking L. Saddam cannot cannot be allowed to live. Iraq right. cannot be allowed to thrive. When when remember when we tried to do Bay of Pigs? Yes. And the Cubans said, "Get the fuck out of here." Remember what happened after that? Yeah, I, w- I was there. Yeah. <laughs> Years and years of uh, oppression and American imperialism do making it like unbearable for the people of Cuba. Yeah, and even any any attempts or like any quote unquote attempts at peace were like so long as you change regime, so long as Fidel is not allowed to exist. Yeah, that's and that's crazy, but that's that is who this guy is. He's an ultimate hater, but an the incredible actor. He, incredible actor. Oh, Stephen Lang. I just remembered Stephen his name. Lang. Yeah. But he uh, he's great in this. And when uh, one of my friends said, like, Avatar is not going to be the same without Stephen Lang running around blowing shit up like a maniac. And I was like, well, I got good news for you. <laughs> because he was incredible in the first movie. In terms right, of, like, yeah, he, hater he energy, his hater energy kept him alive throughout the craziest action scenes. He was unkillable. Uh, I love this. I love where this character has potential to go. And I'm glad that James Cameron didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. Because... Well, I love that he said, Jake, Jake Sully, 1v1 me right now. <laughs> and then Jake Sully said, fuck, all right, I didn't want to beat your ass, but let's do it. And then he beats his fucking ass. Yes. And and it's a real, real fight. It's a real, real fight. It's a real fight. They're doing MMA shit. Mm-hmm. When Jake Sully took the back mount and he had him in a rear naked choke, I was like, oh, it's over. When They don't have advanced MMA on Pandora. When Jake starts so to this- pull the chains... Like he starts using chains to whip. It's he fucks up this dude, and it's not like the dude doesn't put up a fight. He yeah, does. no, it's a real it's fight. A good, it's a real fight. It's a good fucking fight. Yeah. it's really good. But come on, you're not beating Jake Sully one v one. Another fascinating <laughs> element of this character is how well they did his fear of Natiri's arrows. Yeah, yeah. That, like because he's triggered by it. They really, even though sh- they really like settle on some shots of the arrows and his reaction to them in a way that, like, now that's foreshadowing. Like, or or yeah, or what's the opposite of foreshadowing? Like, they're calling back. It, it's a callback. It's a, a suggestion of a new development in this character. Like, it's the hardest person, hardest uh, jarhead imaginable, but he has one fear. Right, and that's getting fucking stabbed to death by this massive fucking arrow. Yes, I love, I love in the action scenes in this and in Avatar one too when they shoot bows and arrows and in like you know in when you watch old like you know things with like Native Americans and shit mm-hmm. they shoot a bow and arrow and it's like okay that's not really com- the same compared with gun in this movie it is yeah it's a <laughs> like, lance because Everyone's it's getting a lance lanced. going through you it's like those thunks hit hard every as a single shot uh, was. I, I, I was getting, like, I was l- genuinely reveling in some of the violence. I've, I almost, like, had to check myself, like, wow, I'm really enjoying this violence. But- it's, the same, it's the same as the first movie where once they get hard into the violence, they get hard into the fucking violence. And they, like, he has his foot on the gas. It is closer to true lies than anything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he is just, let me blow shit up. Let me make shit fucking cool. Let me destroy everything. 
and he does and it looks so good you know because every fucking frame is like agonized over i was i was in a theater with a full audience and people were cheering every single time like well like when like the tulkun uh uh, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to all that. Right. We'll get to that. All right, we'll get to it. I'm just saying um, audience enthusiasm through the roof. For the violence. For the violence, yes. And you know what I think it is? Because in most of these PG, you know, movies that are like these action movies and stuff, there is no violence. Mm-hmm. There's no blood. You don't get to see, like, the yeah, effects I don't think of I've seen, violence and war. I don't think I've seen one action shot like this in like a Marvel movie. Sorry, like sorry to keep bringing them up, but they're like the hegemony now. They're they're the hegemony, and there's also like four Marvel movie trailers before this one. So like, you know, I'm sorry, we have to compare the yeah. two. But when we, but you remember? So we haven't put it up yet. But one of our lost episodes is our review of Eternals, mm-hmm. and. Remember just how bummed we were by the lack of just, like, violence and blood in that movie? Like, there's just no life in it if there's no blood in it. Like, so they shoot powers at each other, but nothing happens. They just blow up these, like, random monsters that mean nothing. In this movie, people get fucking beams of wood spiked through their chest. They explode. They get fucked up. It's, they, you know, it's very funny. They get, they get, they get their limbs ripped off. It's sick. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Now that I'm thinking about it, like the audience is going insane when, when homie's arm is flying through the sky. But, yeah. but as soon as one of the, one of the sky people shoot one fish, you're like, no, <laughs> everyone was like cross. Everyone was Stop, offended. Leave it alone. Don't do it. <laughs> that fish did nothing to you. <laughs> like the audience, like the audience was as, as traumatized as the village people when they shoot one of their fish. So yeah, well, we were talking about we were talking about Stephen Lang. Yeah, right? we we um, were we were talking about we were talking about the action. We were talking about uh, the the action, yeah. right? The bloodlessness of the thing. But there's like a there's a real threat of danger in this movie that you don't get in other movies because unlike the other movies, we don't know where this is going or if it will have an like it'll probably have another mm-hmm. one. But we don't know what the deal is going to be with Avatar. Yeah, we know that we the know sky people if, are now at a different level of violence. But we also, but like, if you watch a Marvel or a DC movie, you're pretty certain Batman, Superman, Captain America are not going to die. Even yeah. if they die, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's meaningless because it's comic book stuff, and because there will be another one. You know, the 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 machine is going for these movies. There is no Avatar outside of James Cameron. It's not an IP that is being overseen by like a corporate overlord. You know, it is one guy's vision. So if one guy decides somebody's going to die, that is their death, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so there is a there's a finality about this movie and a realness about the stakes. But that's that's that the beauty of like an in, individual vision. Right. Yeah. You just don't get that in a superhero movie the same way. You you can't because it's just not is they're not built that way. They're built for content. This is not this is built for story. It's the way and That's always that's always the thing that we talk about in these, you know, movie or comic reviews. Like the difference between content and story mm-hmm. is so huge, and the difference between when one people make one or the other is so huge that you can feel it. It's in, it's it's inside of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I it, it kind of reminds me of the impact of losing the T eight hundred in T two. Right. Yeah. Versus the content version of it, which was like Terminator three, <laughs> or any of the other Terminators after that. 
Terminator 2? Exactly. Like you you're just gonna get uh like you're just gonna get the franchise Arnold Schwarzenegger. So uh, so the next character, the next villain I have is Edie Falco. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit part, but it's a it's a hilarious villain. It's it's very funny. She went from like Hillary Clinton to playing this character. Another evil lesbian. <laughs> She's a hilarious, small, angry lesbian. There is yeah. so much positive le re lesbian representation in these two movies that it was bold of James Cameron to say, not all lesbians, <laughs> and acknowledge that mean lesbians do exist. Mm -hmm. and yeah, she's, she's a little freak. I love her, though. She's you hard know. as hell. You know, when uh, in the new Star Wars movies, speaking of a fucking miserable franchise, a L franchise, when you see... What's the chick from Game of Thrones? Mm -hmm. I know what you're. I know that that she's a silver, silver stormtrooper. Storm what a waste of a character. When, when yeah, when you see her and people had all these expectations yeah. of what she could be, and like granted, she has very little time in those movies. Yeah. She does nothing with it. Edie Falco has like ten minutes in this movie, and she is the most vile lesbian you've ever seen. She's a tool of the state. She has this mech body constantly she drinks her little coffee out of it she works out with it it's incredible you know we we love her but we hate her at the same time we love to hate I her i want i want one of them stilt suits it feels like very impractical <laughs> in the sense that like you could just really get punched right in the center but but it's cool the the military stuff in this movie was kind of sweet Incredible i loved the design. stilt suit yes i loved the like the terminator robot monsters that they pop out like the mechs crab you know? mechs and, and i love the crab mechs incredible design crab mechs are so cool i watched that uh what's the uh the weekend song it's called like you know it's called like all power i will never die love is the ocean <laughs> <laughs> some bullshit incredible song i don't know the name <laughs> yeah the lyrics are all completely bullshit fake yeah. nonsense you needed celine dion back with one of them uh with one of them banger bangers for real this was just whatever this is not gonna be my heart will go on this felt like uh you know halo presents paul mccartney's <laughs> love is the atmosphere <laughs> yeah that's, that's it's like that kind of shit you know yeah it felt like rihanna on like black panther or something or no rihanna on star trek oh I, that, that one, was that one kind of bangs. That was a, sorry, that was a banger, but the words meant nothing. Yes, yeah. sledgehammer, <laughs> heater track. Anyways, all right. Uh, she's great, Eddie Falco. She, she does some torture. <laughs> she does. Oh, that's right. I forgot she waterboards. She spider. waterboards spider in front of his dad. And the dad is always like, okay, 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 okay enough, enough, enough. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me try something else. That was after he tried to act like he was the man. Like, I don't care about this kid. Do whatever you want. Yeah. And then she waterboards him and is like, he's weak. All right, sir, I'm going to waterboard him some more. <laughs> he's like, no. Yeah. Uh, which is, he's again. Like, Damn, lesbians are mean out we're here. Giving, we're giving Duke Nukem some, some levels. That was the thing is like in this new body, he represents like he represents like the opportunity for change. But I don't know if we're going to get that. I mean, I know? think like he has a bond with his pterodactyl thing. With his flying shit. That the other one didn't, that the real one that didn't have. That the real one didn't have. He's having experience, he's having Navi experiences even though he doesn't know it. And I love that his Banshee has tactical gear. Yeah, <laughs> tactical <laughs> Banshee with a knife on the side. The tactical you gotta Banshee give it pouches. had like a fucking hat on. <laughs> it was, I can't believe they made it a Banshee military mode. And and it's it goes hard. It's great. It's sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you hate it, but again, you love to hate but it. it. And, and also, the Banshee is sort of like a meaner one. Like, it, it's more, it takes it's attributes an asshole banshee. from Duke yeah. Nukem as well. Right. 
that's the only way that they would connect though. Yeah. That's that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So uh lastly we have the whaler. I hated that do, guy. Do you want Very to talk annoying. About one or, or do you also want to talk about Jermaine or like well, Jermaine Clement is not a villain. He's just a side character. But okay, yeah, the let's vil- talk about I, this is under just my the villains, villains list. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could bring up Jermaine Mick, Clement, though. Mick Scoresby. What's that? Mick Scoresby is the name of the character. Brendan Cowell is the actor of that plays that whaler. That is as foreign to me as the Navi, what you just said. <laughs> Mick Scoresby. Mick Spaler? Mick Scoresby. Mick Scoresby. Or Scoresby. Okay. Spells scores by. I, all I know him as the annoying... New Zealand the terrible whaler <laughs> to me this was James Cameron going you know who's really annoying <laughs> people from New Zealand this is James Cameron just taking all, it. constantly yapping 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 he probably went on so many like sea expeditions with like New Zealanders where he was just like I'm gonna kill one of these fuckers in a movie I mean, he's been living and working with New Zealanders for the last like 10 yeah. years on this movie he this is him getting his revenge yeah um, I wrote glad he got his arm chopped off and died Represents capitalism even better than the than the uh, mocked, uh, unobtainium seeking Giovanni Rabisi in the last movie, because he's willing to kill and exploit resources for even smaller quantities and even dumber purposes. Uh, he says three times that he has to meet his whale quotas and only cares about the numbers in a way that even disgusts the Marines. It's pure capitalism yes. distilled into one awful little New Zealand man. Perfect. I, I think I, I, I don't know that Amarita, the substance, is as useless. Useless? Because I as soon as they started talking about that thing, I got like I got I went conspiracy mode, uh aluminum <laughs> al- aluminum foil right. hats, eye emojis, Go vibes on, talk about it. on this special juice that costs a Eighty million dollars, and it f- stops aging. And I went like, I hope James Cameron doesn't get eyes wide shutted for this. Yeah, that's Adrenochrome. They're after adre- the, whale Adrenochrome. One hundred percent whale Adrenochrome. Yeah. Let's let's say it. Let's say it. But it's it's dumber. It, it's just dumber because it's not oil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oil has some resource that that has some properties that you need even if it's destructive to the planet yeah it's purely for the elites it's yeah this is purely for the elites it is yeah and we you know we don't see those people like giovanni ribisi he fucks off into his other he like has a cameo mm-hmm. but he's not like they even say like yeah the unobtainium stuff kind of important but whatever this whale shit <laughs> this is where the real money's at because who has the money yeah the elites yes so yeah that was it was you know he's subtly a more dangerous villain than uh, Duke Nukem, mm-hmm. than Ship Hazard, because he is soulless completely. Like at least at this point, now that guy has an attribute, uh, bitter hatred of Jake Sully. This guy has nothing. He just he doesn't care about the way. Yeah, he just he's like, wants they can live or die. It doesn't juice. matter. And uh, honestly, I do think if I'm being like let's say uh, pragmatic. Aside from just loving the movie, at like yeah. they they do state that the Pandora is is shifting from like just mining to full on right. settlement because apparently Earth is so fucked up that like Pandora is right. gonna be Earth again. So there is that. Right. They want to colonize. They want to colonize Pandora. Yeah. There is that, and then there is the the line about yeah we're only here for the whale juice. 
like there there will have to be some sort of like consolidation well, no, no, no. of the whalers ideas. are only there for the whales juice there is a line uh, where they're saying that like uh, what's justifying humans being on pandora more now is or what's paying for everything is the amarita mm-hmm. and so at some point they should like clean that up a little bit and explain how there's that and then there's also like the full-on moving uh colonization to pandora well yeah i think so that that kind of segues a little bit into like a discussion about the politics of the movie because we talked about the politics of the first avatar Mm -hmm. but in this one i think they're they're better even all right because this movie really shows like i said that capitalism it doesn't have to be for these like resources that are like you know global like they can be sort of like you know like strictly for the elites and they can still devastate communities and you know you can cause all this destruction for less and less return and it doesn't really matter as long as somebody is in the black somewhere you know um mm-hmm. and i also really liked how they played off the idea of these two tribes uh, two different kinds of tribes that can have conflict within with with uh, between one another that are motivated by these outside forces and the outside forces are the ones creating that conflict you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like the water and the forest navi they wouldn't be fighting but for they're being pushed out of their homes you know mm-hmm. and that creates its own forms of like you know racism and distrust and you know hostility among among peoples that wouldn't be warring so it's just like it shows more the effects of imperialism and the way it destroys communities yeah and and i think the focus on whaling makes the allegory uh, a much more like sort of like universal environmentalism yeah uh, there is tribes there is that uh form of imperialism uh but the making i guess this a smaller story about uh defending the whales is is also uh getting into a fascinating ideology or like a a politics of uh who has rights <sighs> in the world i'm sorry can you hear that leaf blowing no no oh okay i thought i thought maybe you were getting tripped up because there's like a leaf blower that feels like it's right outside my fucking no, window. it was my own mind tripping me up oh i see but yeah no um i i agree with you I, and I find like uh, the way the, the way that they're like James Cameron in this movie and the last movie is able to synthesize that like you know obviously he tripped over himself a little bit named the shit unobtaining like people were gonna mock <laughs> that it. was people were gonna that was definitely a placeholder name they they should have uh... they should have they should have called it you know anything else <laughs> <laughs> yeah they should have they could have just called it oil and it would have worked. Yeah. There's a lot of oil out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was the one. Like, I think that was, like, a fatal flaw that allowed people to, like, criticize the movie in ways that, like, I just don't think that this movie has those same, like, chinks in the armor. I feel like this movie is a lot more just solid, you know? Like, yeah. you love you love the whales. We Everyone does. They, they, he the builds whales up are so our family. We are family. We and the whales are brothers and sisters. Like, uh the whales are also consciously living a life of absolute peace 
absolute piece. The fact that one of them tries to even defend itself makes it the outcast, which is crazy. It's like pure pacifist belief system that like only the highest intellectual creature can have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, which is and, and is so cool. But ultimately, that's what gets him outcast and like that's what gets his family killed which is but sad that's what makes him a hard badass motherfucker in the last act dude when that whale we had, we didn't even talk about the whale i guess that's on me because i didn't put him in my rundown but when that whale decides i'm done i'm gonna fuck these motherfuckers up myself and he does his like free willy jumps i was hyped I, I think i think the moment i i was like ready to like stand up from my seat was they shoot a harpoon at him and he like dodges it but then he like grabs the wire with it with his mouth and i'm like mm-hmm. oh this motherfucker is about to start shit for real <laughs> yeah he like starts dragging the boat yes. and then he like jumps over it and it gets the guy who had the harpoon who kept going like oh, i got the harpoon <laughs> To Jermaine Clement, who's like has a funny accent in this movie, right? Like, yeah, he's sort of he's sort of not... like he's been Americanized. His his New Zealand accent has been Americanized a bit from his time in Hollywood. Yeah, I don't get Flight of the Concords vibes from this at all. He, he's also but he's, he's just also like much more beaten. They're character. very. He's like they're uh, they're very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought like you some were weird... the one with the harpoon. <laughs> but yeah so when uh when that guy gets like pinned between a rock and the cable on the harpoon mm-hmm. and cameron just so shows it slowly digging into his arm yeah i thought i thought they weren't even gonna get into the details but it was beautiful the audience was like ready to like fucking explode by the time that arm pops off it's like yes incredible like wish fulfillment on uh, for the audience yeah that moment was hard as fuck the other moment like let's go over some of our hardest fuck moments of the movie another hardest fuck moment jonathan taylor thomas son when he's when his sister is getting bullied at school well you know school whatever (laughs) and he goes and they're making fun of him because they got four they got more hands because they're like you know in they're uh, they got more fingers fingers. they're they're mixed races Yeah. yeah that they they're talking shit on him and he goes oh you want to know what my four fingers can do I can ball them up real tight like this. Mm-hmm. And then he punches the dude in the face. He goes, it's called a punch, bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, the, like these kids. Uh, yes, hard as fuck moment. These kids have a, have a sort of like a, a little bit of sky people in them. Mm. The, like the way they're ready. For, they're ready for that. Action. They drop like, bitch. That they life. say bitch and bro a lot. Cuz. Yeah. It, what's up, cuz? This is not, this is not <laughs> like, like Navi okay. dialect. Yeah. I was going to say another hard as fuck moment. In the beginning, when they have the kids and Neytiri is looking at them and she's like not sure if she should take the shot and like, you know, save the kid, but like, you know, kill the guy. Mm-hmm. And then she does it and she hits that motherfucker headshot with that fucking arrow. Yeah, she like gets just so enough hard. space. Like there's just enough space yeah. between Kiri and, and that uh, uh, soldier. Whatever the soldier yeah. is. Who gives a fuck? One of those grunts. Hardest fuck moment. Probably one of maybe top hardest fuck moments might be the like Jake. Just being like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's get to it then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jake. Yes, yes. That was another moment where uh, the guy saying like, dude, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, I will come after you. And I want this one V one. Like he's he's just like he's just fucked up this complete whaling operation. That is yeah, the, the ship what's is getting going all the Titanic. Money. The, the ship went Titanic and everything was crashing and burning. He was barely alive, and then he's just—he's ta- still shit talking Jake, 
And Jake's like, all right, let's just do it then. <laughs> like, if he had sleeves, he would have rolled them up and be like, all right, let's go, motherfucker. He just, like, walked up and they started fighting. That Yes, hard as fuck moment. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and sort of, like, with that or right before that was Jake and Natiri, like, invading this burning ship and absolutely ruining every soldier that was uh, between uh, them and Kiri and Tuk. Yeah, that was when they were their most like uh, superheroes. They're just like you were. You were, okay? This is why they are the two. You know yeah, what I mean? Yes. Because they are super fucking badass. They are fucking Batman and fucking Catwoman or whatever. You know, they are the two most badass to ever do it. You know? Yeah, and it it, it felt again like I I I'm not the first person to like uh, claim this comparison, but it gave me a lot of like Mel Gibson in the Patriot. Mm, I never seen you it. You haven't seen the- not a big. Me- <laughs> My favorite Mel Gibson movie is Apocalypto, and then yeah. after that, it's a big drop off. I mean, I mean, I- we're not, we're not, uh, we're. I'm separating art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Let's say Mel Gibson has had some good films, some heaters. I, I don't. I just. I haven't seen a lot of his. movies, The Patriot frankly. is I seen- a good movie. Uh, like. Yeah, I never seen it. I never seen the Lethal Weapons. I never seen the Mad Maxes. Braveheart. I gotta be honest. I got squeamish in Braveheart when they cut the chick's throat. I had to stop watching that. All right, all right. This is back in the day. This is back in the day. I should watch him at some point. Understandable. Nobody's. I'm not here to promote Mel Gibson. Why are you so high on Mel? Are you there? Actually, The Beaver was a good movie. I think that was one of. Join- <laughs> I really like the Mel resurgence. The Melisance. <laughs> No, but like there is there is a di- a dynamic of a guy with a tomahawk with like a hatchet okay. taking down uh, uh, English soldiers. In the case of the Patriot, it's a, it's one of these like civil like uh, American war for independence movies, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to get brought into the war except for his his oldest son Heath Ledger joined the war against the English. But he yeah. was he was the the crazy killer before, and then mm. circumstances make him get back on his bullshit. Mm. I was gonna say so so that's like the 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 thrust of the movie that we got our badass moments. The effects obviously I was gonna talk about they're great. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Beautiful, Be- just I- iconic masterclass. James Cameron just kind of went crazy. He went fucking beast mode on this the whole movie. The coral reefs, the the marine, the speculative marine biology. Uh, all the different uh, colors used in the sky. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about this movie is, like, the special effects are so good that I think he's able to just be like, okay, let's now let's make a real movie with these tools. So, like, it never feels overdone in the way that the first one did at times. Like, it never felt like you were seeing too much because he's he paints it with, like, with, like, colors – and there's like light there will be moments where shots are like purple and orange and you're not like confused you know what i mean yeah like it, it never feels like there's too much going on at once and i and i also think that that's that's by virtue of like just him having a better handle on the the effects mm-hmm. but also i think it being in the water made it so like it would have been impossible to make that movie because of the physics like when he made the first one but this man loves the fucking water yeah he he's very much <laughs> so, in his his main element so like if he was gonna if he was ever gonna do a movie about this stuff like he would have wanted to be it about the water like he would have wanted the abyss piranha to the spawning titanic mm-hmm. 
everything. It's always been about water with this man. Even the fucking Terminator. He got better when he added a liquid Terminator. <laughs> liquid Terminator. It's 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 been in him. It's been in him. We are water. So like it but but the physics of it that the actual like the the machinery of it all it wasn't available mm-hmm. when he made the first one. So I think he made a compromise. Let's set it in the jungle. And in this movie he was like no, these are water people. And you can tell that to him was the badass moment of the movie for him. But the story oh God, I did the it. story badass of water. the first one being in a jungle, like the story was appropriate for that as well. Like you know what? Mm-hmm. Oh sorry, go ahead. Like the <clears throat> the type of it imperialism was, was. that he showed through the jungle felt But I yeah, it just it was more basic though. Yeah. Like you I think you would agree with yes. that, right? It's just a more obvious like everything and the first movie is more on the nose than everything in the second movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Second movie is more subtle, more complex, more interesting. To me, the difference is Terminator 1, Terminator 2. Like, it, everything levels up. The scope gets bigger. The, the, the emotions are more complex. Not to take anything away from the first Avatar or the first Terminator, but those are straightforward movies. The second ones on both of them are more complex, more rich. Yeah. I yes. think. So... My ultimate rating for this movie was 7 out of 7, 5 out of 5 on Letterboxd, if you follow my Letterboxd. It was, to me, a perfect movie. I don't... Where, where did you land? I, I, I think there's quibbles, but nothing that... The landscape of film has become such that this is far and away many times better than anything coming out right now. Like, sadly, if we're, mm. if we're judging purely on special effects because everybody's about special effects, this movie blows yeah. everything else out of the water. Right, right, right. But if we're talking it, about story, we're talking about heart as well. And it still blows them out of the yeah, water. Yeah, it still <laughs> yeah. does way more because I guess this, is, this isn't something that you put up against, like, Barbarian or Elvis. This is a blockbuster. Right. Well, Elvis was, too. But. Uh, okay. Yeah. But me, me and Gleb were talking about this because we did a special uh, – gutter boys yeah i wasn't invited we were both like yeah well (laughs) it was a packed it was a packed room yeah no i'm I'm joking but we were like you know it's it's a uh it replaced our previous favorite movies of the year both of us so like when we saw it we were both blown away and to me it was just like they just he nailed it and i think what got me particularly hard was this was a movie that it was 13 years after the original, right? Mm-hmm. People were waiting for this movie to fail. Yeah, people, people really... And, mm-hmm. and and I you know, I talked to a friend that was like, who are these people betting against James Cameron? Like, what are they talking about? Like, you could see it. It's the people who said that the movie had no cultural impact the first time. It was the people who were ready to compare this to Waterworld, mm-hmm. you know? It was the people who, who saw James Cameron going, I'm going to do something more ambitious than it's ever been done before. And they were like ah, this is a good time to, you know, if he fails, then we get to laugh at him. But they can't. Because even if, like, I I talked to somebody who was like, well, what's it doing at the box office? I was like, it doesn't matter. The movie was already a success artistically. So whatever the box office brings in, it's irrelevant. It's funny. The movie is a success based on its own merits. It's funny that the movie has domestically done double what the first Avatar did on premiere. Mm. On premiere. Yeah. But even that is is considered a failure by these sort of like hypocrites. They're like, oh, it should have it should have done more. I saw people. Go, oh, well, you know, Spider-Man did more the first night. And I was like, OK, well, Spider-Man fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I recently so, watched the the last Spider-Man 
for fun, quote unquote. And compared to what we witnessed with Avatar, it Spider-Man is a mess, like visually and narratively. Mm. Well, let's I mean, let's be real, though. When we watch the opening trailers for these other Marvel movies, they can't hold a fucking candle to Avatar two way of water like not in any way not visually not aesthetically not in scope like there are real composed shots in this movie <laughs> there are times where i'm like if i was watching at home i would have took a screenshot because i would want that for my like reference file of cool shots mm -hmm. i i would never do that in one of these fucking marvel movies it's just i've seen them they all look the same i remember when i saw guardians of the galaxy i was like it's kind of fun but like for a movie set in space, I feel like it's too boxed in. It's too claustrophobic. In this movie, there are moments where like somebody's swimming against a big sky, big ocean, and it feels like a movie. It doesn't feel like I'm watching content. Yeah, when when Loak is like lost out past the reef, you feel lost with him. Yeah, that was genuinely scary. Like there is it's a terror to being out at sea like that. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever heard of the movie called Heaven's Gate? No. So, so I only know in... about the cool club that people <laughs> would join. So, do you know the movie Deer Hunter? No, of it. I know it's a classic. Haven't watched it. Right. It was. It was this guy Michael Cimino. Um, it was a movie that he made about the Vietnam War, and it won an Oscar for best movie. It was like his second movie. He did one movie before that with Clint Eastwood called Thunderfoot, uh, Thunderbolt, and Lightfoot. Right. So this movie, Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter was supposed was like his follow-up and it was massive it was huge it was like before apocalypse now it was like the seminal vietnam movie and it had you know robert de niro meryl streep john cazale christopher walken it had like all these big stars mm -hmm. from the 70s right so his next movie uh, this company united artists said we want to give you whatever to make your movie right and he was like got it i want to do a movie about uh, this war that took place where these landowners and these cattlemen, they put together a list of like 150 people, basically an entire town worth of immigrants that they killed because they wanted to take over the land and keep the immigrants. A lot of like uh, German, Russian, uh, uh, Ukrainian immigrants that had moved in kill them all because they're poor they're bringing a peasant lifestyle to our to our countryside we don't want them here and so he wanted to make a movie about that which is an insane thing to make a movie about it's basically about all the cowboys of the movies that people grew up watching they're evil mm -hmm. they're bad cattlemen are bad the immigrant peasants have been under have been uh you know completely wiped away from history when they were also there you know in the burgeoning west and there was, you know, a guy who was there who was a class trader who was of the elite who went down and decided to protect them and be one of them. He was uh, he was played by Chris Christopherson in the movie, you know, and it was uh, the at the time the most expensive movie ever made. And it was so much so that when they made it, uh, it, it basically it bombed really bad and it killed the new Hollywood system of like. Give George Lucas, give Martin Scorsese, give De Palma as much money as they want. Let them make whatever movie they want, and then they'll put out a masterpiece. You know, like, mm -hmm. after that, they said, no, 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 give the producers the money. They're the smart ones. The directors are just, like, artists that they shouldn't be in control of the budgets. Um, and it, it did so badly because the word of the mouth was, this movie stinks. This movie fucking blows. 
if you watch it now, it's a masterpiece. I think the director's cut of it. What's the name of this follow up? It's it's called Heaven's Gate. Oh, Heaven's Gate. Okay. Yeah, Heaven's Gate. It's a western, mm-hmm. and it was. I mean, he had an insane budget on it. He had like the best cinematographer. He had like the every acting a- actor that he wanted in the roles. He got him. Um, but he also like was a little fascistic about the way he would shoot set scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He pissed off a lot of people. Like he went to set one day and the roads weren't like wide enough. So he had this entire town that was constructed torn down and rebuilt again, like two inches to the side. Oh my because God. he wanted like mm-hmm. he was doing that shit. Mm-hmm. He was basically doing what we do on on Holy West and uh, they're all terrible. Just like taking his time, taking his sweet ass time, mm-hmm. uh, going over budget, going doing whatever he had to do to make his perfect piece of art, right? And when people wanted to visit the set, he told them to go fuck themselves. That he had a closed set, no one was allowed on. But there was a journalist who got a, a job as an extra, and he wrote about it from the inside mm-hmm. and about how. There were some animals that were abused. There were some actors that didn't get lunches when they were supposed to. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like they told him and he said, what the fuck are you talking about lunch? I'm making art right now. <laughs> you know, this is how crazy he was, Daniel. He wanted to make as many shots as he could in the golden hour, like lighting. So he had like 15 minutes a day per shot that he could actually film. Otherwise, they had to start it away and, you know, do it again the next day. Yeah. So he, like, he just didn't give a fuck. And the movie came out. They told him, make it. We need like a two and a half, three hour cut. And when they when the producers first saw it, he said, all right, I could chop like 15 minutes off of this. The movie was five and a half hours. The first the first time they saw it, they were livid. The whole second half of the movie is one big chaotic gunfight with like uh, people on horses circling these other people on horses and like wagons breaking apart. People getting shot in the fucking head. It was crazy. It was sick. It's a great movie. But the expectation after those articles came out about how this guy thought he was the shit. He thought he's a genius. They wanted to see him fall. They wanted to see a great artist take a hard L mm-hmm. and it, they did. Nobody saw the movie and it ruined his career. And he, it, he made a masterpiece, but nobody knew it because they all just wanted to believe what they heard, which was that it was a failure and it was like instinctive. And I was kind of, worried that this movie was going to go the same way so i'm really glad that a lot of people are watching it because i'm like man this could be a real you know hit for artists like like james cameron not that there's many like him but it could go the way of heaven's gate if 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 all the reviews are negative so all the negative reviews i feel like these people are rats they don't get it they're dumb it's a perfect movie so I wanted to look at some of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing my part. I'm getting my whole family together. You got to viewers. You know, we are advocates for Avatar yeah. Two Way of the Water. Make it a Christmas Christmas family getting together time. So very much in the same way that the Cattlemen made a list of people who must die <laughs> in mm-hmm. in Heaven's Gate. I'm making a list of of critics who must die with peace and love. Yeah, who must die in their hearts or like yeah live again. Um, so he. So I went on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie's got what on Rotten Tomatoes? 78%. Like, check this out. Which is too low. 78% too low. Metacritic has it on 69%. Nice, but bad. Nice, nice, but bad. IMDb, actually a little bit more honest, has it at an 8.1. Okay. Well, the movie's got a 94% audience score. So 
you know, it's another one where it's the the, the people know. This the is, people know this for is sure. Definitely a uh, uh, mainstream elitism at it, at its worst. So BBC.com, Nicholas Barber, die Nick Barber. Uh, with peace and love, Nick Barber, you must die. Numbing leisurely slowness. No, false. That movie never feels three hours long, does it? No, at all. Ever. This one, uh, Mark Kermode from The Observer. Astonishing, enthralling, exciting, immersive. None of these words could sensibly be applied to the three and a quarter hour wet Smurfahontas stodgathon that is Avatar Way of the Water. That what? Is, that is, those are slurs. You should die, <laughs> Mark Kermode. Get the hell out of here. With peace and love. Yeah, yes. We're obviously uh, talking about the fantasy world of minecraft yeah yeah fantasy world we're not talking about I, i'm not this is not a, a call to action this is a shame you know what shameless not deathless yeah shame shame Mark yeah I, I got a little over the top i got two heavens gatey i wanted to see mass yeah. death i'm not doing yeah, that let's anymore. bring it back down bring it back down to like dear Hunter. i apologize that wasn't me you could say okay. that mark's being a curmogen <laughs> Got him. Richard Brody of the New Yorker says the movie's bland aesthetics and banal emotions turned into the club med of effects driven extravaganza. I don't know what that means. I don't know what club I don't know what med, that means. Like we're when not people hate. We're not fucking elitists who know what club people, med is. The New Yorker is an elitist magazine. You know, they have elitist covers. It sucks. We hate them. Shame. And even, to Richard even Brody. attempting to insult the movie, he called it an extravaganza. Loser. That's crazy. This is from The Australian. Oh, well, we know what to think of those people. <laughs> Stefan Romy says, There is a feeling as long as this great enter as long there is a feeling as this long entertainment that looks great but doesn't have much to say. What? Were you not paying attention? This movie doesn't have anything I to say. It's saying everything. It's everything. There's a person who doesn't have family, who doesn't care about familial relations. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a soul. Well, Australians, prison colony, fake people, not no souls. Imperialists. When are, fake, when are they going to kill some whales in this? You know why? Because it's a pro Maori movie. This guy's a racist. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it says, but doesn't have much to say, slowly draws to a close. That part of its job is set to the scene of for the avatars to come. Well, that's true. It does set the scene for more avatars. Draws to a close slowly? He's talking about the mm. last action scene that's 30 minutes of pure action. He's, uh, oh, this one this one hurts me. This one really hurts me because uh, you know the band uh the band No Jersey, Daniel? I'm a little aware of them. They got some they have some hits. Well, I the lead singer, one of the lead singers of that band has a fat L here because he's on Ron Tomatoes giving Avatar oh Way of the God. Water a low score uh, via The Observer. Dylan Roth, enemy of the people. No Jersey. More like fucking no way Jersey. No comma. No bomba Jersey. Damn. Got him. The film's focus is split in so many directions that none of its characters feel whole even after three full hours. Dylan, that you would say this when you just had a child? <laughs> Is disgusting to me. How dare you? This is a personal call out. Fuck you, Dylan. Two out of four. I bet, they gave it a fifty. Gave I bet a, the other members of No Jersey gave it a thumbs up. You know. I, I hope you get checked by friends and family. Mm. And you know what? I'll at him. Personal call out yeah. at Dylan Roth. How dare you? Shame. You know that that I'm gonna. Oh wait a minute. One more. Comicbookmovie.com. Well, because these people should not have a say. <laughs> 
If you're into, if you write for comicbookmovie.com, delete your account. Yeah. They say Avatar, Way of the Water's epic visuals are impossible to find fault with. Right? True. But with a paper thin, painfully boring story, and little in the way of character development. This three-hour s- snooze fest is all style and no substance. This is a man who liked Spider-Man No Way Home, who liked Black Panther, who uh, what the new Black Panther, <laughs> Way of the Wakanda. I'm just going to say it, Josh Wyland. What, yeah, Josh is wilding. That's right. Well, you know what? Let me look at his thing. I'm going to see what this nerd has to say about other movies. Hold on a second. He looks like a nerd, too, with peace and love. Five out of five for the Galaxy of the the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh my god, bro! Somebody dunked this dude's head in a toilet. Five out of five for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, bro. Four out of five for Werewolf by Night. He literally gave Avatar a two point five out of five, like a like an F, like a fifty percent, a failing grade. He rated it like he rated Black Adam. Well, he rated Black Adam two point five. Oh right, you see this? Yeah, you're looking at this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's an enemy of the people. He should be destroyed. Josh Wilding? Die. You, oh, sorry. Shame. 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 We're not, we're not calling shame. to action on anything. Just no, shame. No, no, no call to action. But we're looking at your movies, and we hate your selections here for you. He's giving Guillermo del Toro's? No, okay. Is this Disney's no, Pinocchio? No, no, no. Okay, it's just Disney's Pinocchio, at least. That is a Disney. That is a 1.5. That, that is, is a 1.5, 1. 1. yeah. I, was, I saw the Zemeckis Pinocchio movie. It was uh, not good. <laughs> it was <but> real bad. <laughs> Uh, I only got um, to the scene with all the Disney clocks, and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Well, I had some big – you know me. I have my theory about Zemeckis. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. recently saw the you, Polar Express. For for context, look at my letterbox review of Pinocchio. <laughs> all right, yeah. I, I really break down my problem with Zemeckis as a, as a human being, <laughs> frankly. As someone who hates but, humanity. Yeah, right. He's against humanity. Uh, that's a fact. That's literal. That's literal. That's what I think about. All right, Zemeckis. we we've seen all that so, we need to see about this guy. Yeah, we're done. We with know that Josh. So, Josh is dead to me. He's a fraud. He's a fake human. Um, so let's uh, start wrapping up. I guess <laughs> we were gonna do a shorty T- today. Was short be episode. A short episode. It'll be a little bit long. It won't be as long as we see because you took two breaks to punish your cat and to answer a phone. Yeah. Fair. Two fair things to do. No. No hate. No judgment. But it, I'm just saying, the the time you see is not the real time. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be around the just 150, 140 probably, maybe 150. We'll see. We'll see. But 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 we want to thank everybody for joining us for this way of water extravaganza. Yeah, it feels it feels um, good to be back. Let's. I'm. I was good to have you back. I feel like when we get to doing regular reviews of other things. Again, um, are, it's going to be a nightmare again. Because, mm-hmm. but this was fun though. Yeah, no, because we're not going to be. I, I hope you're not going to be like editing this extremely. No, no, no. It's going to go up. Yeah, no. This is going to be, which is part of the reason why you are able to release your episodes of these days, which are very good. I am enjoying them, but you're able to release them much quicker because you're probably not going too far into production, right? The last one with Phil Hester, I started editing it at the beginning of the Niner game, and it was up by halftime, and I liked that. So it's a, it's it's good to keep it around there, but once we get into like the real Max Fontayo episodes, it might it might it might get real again. It might get real again, but the the nice thing is since these are shorter, easier to edit, we can do things like this right here, where it's just like, all right, you know, ch- check in on this movie that we loved. Or whatever, you know, check out a movie that we hate. Although, uh, because we're not recording, it spared me a lot of bullshit movies I don't want to watch, frankly. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I could. Like, I, I don't think I could, like, really get into, like, a, a review of. I don't even know. Has there been. Well, when we were. Mm-hmm. When we were doing them more frequently, I would go like, ah, I'm not going to watch that unless the show. Imagine having to, to review Thor. It literally would never happen. There's no chance in hell I would ever do that. But yes, I, yes. <laughs> I I say that, but I, we reviewed Wonder Woman 84, so. Yeah. L. Yeah. We, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try and uh, maybe uh, do this a little more often. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm doing it pretty often. You are. You are going to be trying. I'm, yeah, you I'm are going to try. I'm going to get back into it. Uh, put me in, Coach. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, where can people find you? Uh yeah, it, I should like since we last recorded, I actually had a comic come out. You did too. I mean, you've been like promoting mm-hmm. it like hell. Like it feels. I've been promoting it. Like it feels hell. like it feels like every five minutes in your these days, are you're you like confusing. Are you confusing me for you? I feel like you promote Holy no, Terror or Holy West <laughs> nonstop. Every single conversation you're having in these days, you're like, yeah, because I'm doing, uh, they're like, they're all terrible, and in bad idea, this bad idea, that. It's just promo, promo all the time. Like, um, just have a good, just have a conversation, man. I don't think that's me. I think that might be you. Well, now I'm now I'm spacewalkcomics.com. Now I'm gonna promo my shit at spacewalkcomics.com. Nice, Holy West, get a copy. Pretty soon we're gonna be announcing the Kickstarter for Holy West too. So hold on to your asses. I may have prepared a little something for it that I'm not gonna say what it is and we're not gonna get into it. But Ramon saw it. Quentin Tarandio makes an appearance. Some people are saying that. Some people are saying that. Uh, so I do have Holy Holy uh, Holy West number one. You saw I don't it. Know if you saw that, I, I, I got a copy. I, I saw yeah. that you you have it. I, I I don't know. I know that your review is that the colors are fried. <laughs> That wasn't my review. That was just a fact. That was just that what, was, uh, what the streets were saying. Yeah, people were just saying it's good, but a little saturated, a little, a little dark in some parts. But um, it, no, it looks great, dude. It looks awesome. Um, I'm, I'm really, you know, it's like I don't, I'm not your like older brother or anything. But I like, I look at this, I'm like, dude, my foot, my boy Daniel went off. Like, I feel like like a proud older brother. Even though I'm like a year older than you or something. <laughs> yeah, old as hell. Are I? Wait, how old are you? Yeah, no, that's 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 sort of like the age difference. How old are you? I'm 34 now. Yeah, so I'm 35. So yeah, I'm like you know. Thank you. I look down at you from on high, <laughs> and yeah. I think, wow, Daniel did a great job. Like, he's gonna get there one day. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll take. You know, it. I didn't even notice. What's that? I'll I'll, I'll take uh, all the backhanded compliments I can. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it looks really good, dude. <laughs> Um, I got the normal version. I didn't want the Dan McDade version. I I thought yeah, honestly, that's too much. you know why? No, no, you know why? Because I was gonna buy it, but I was like, I like this cover better. I like the red cover better. You know, I had a conversation about this. We can like get into it after, but like there will be some differences to how the second Kickstarter will operate for that reason. Oh shit! Well, yeah. I so I bought it based on like the complete package, which complete package I thought looked cooler. And just on the cover, I thought your first cover was, like, slightly better. You know, like, not that the other one's bad. Just I thought the red cover was cooler. Yeah, shout out Simon so I Roy. The red cover. I, I like that cover. I did color it, so I am biased. But mm. I, it, there's a very real thing where I felt like the larger book, the, the one with the Dan McDade and Simon Roy story, were, like, the more complete book. So that created a sort of, like, a personal dislike of my own cover and i just didn't like that feeling oh the one that i got yeah the one that well and i appreciate what you're saying now like this is very like 
uh, nice to know that that was enough of a motivation for you to go one way instead of the other. Yeah. But I just didn't I mean, want I, got, I just didn't listen, want Listen, I would have spent the $5 extra for <laughs> you the were, other book. You were just it's being just, cheap. I want, no, I just wanted the other cover. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I just wanted the other cover. one's like 10 bucks. I'm not, I don't know about that. No, I'm like, you know, they're both they're both nice covers. I like the red one better, so I'm going to get that yeah. cuz you know how I am about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an artist mentality. Um, You'll just go for what you like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so yeah, everybody get the book. It's fucking sweet, you know. At some point, we want to have Seth Jacob on talk a little bit about. Yeah, it. Yeah, no, I um, actually speaking of Seth Jacob on podcast, he was on uh, a podcast recently that was that's being done with like Salt and Land. Mm. They're probably hearing this. I just want to know, Seth is talking crazy in that podcast. We're gonna have him on. We're gonna set him straight. He started going oh, on shit. into this artist versus why, writers wait, why isn't salt why didn't salt and land have me on the podcast that's a good question that's a good question have you been on it no i haven't they like they wanted that's they crazy. wanted me and seth to be on for the holy west one but i was too busy drawing holy west that's crazy but i'm gonna get on the their podcast at some point they're probably listening to this i'm gonna get on your podcast and i'm gonna set the record straight seth talking like writers are like master creators false and you know, I got a tweet off in the middle, right, right after or before I saw uh, Avatar, mm-hmm. where it's like, "Listen, Avatar <laughs> is a is a moment for comic book artists because mm-hmm. it is about visual storytelling. It is about you know doing whatever you know doing whatever, just like being in your fucking creative, yeah, you know, doing everything for the wavelength. visual, doing everything for everything. the vibe." And creating a beautiful story visually. You could probably watch that movie without words and it probably works, Facts. you know? Um, whereas, you know, writer, comic writer movies are just boring, lazy, not cool. Things to be snappy. Like some, something like, I'm thinking like a, a Fast and the Furious movie is just like not, not it. Yeah, that's you a know? writer's movie. Um, whereas Avatar 2 Way of the Water is about being an iconoclast, being an auteur, being about visuals, being a visionary, mm-hmm. you know? Not a not which a is, writerary. Not a which literary. Which is why you and I probably related to it cuz like like James Cameron, we spent a lot of time on our pieces of art. Yeah. My mine of course, you were joking that I promoted a lot. I don't actually promote it that much. <laughs> uh, they're all terrible from Bad Idea Comics. Mhm. Legendary book. Tamara Bond villain on colors, incredible colors, lines, uh, Matt Kent with the words, beautiful looking book. I have, you know, I just have to be honest. It looks incredible. Yeah, if we if um, we could both take thirteen years on a book, we would. Right. I mean, we definitely would. Um, and the the cover for I was so hyped on it. The cover for mine because like they did like a Spock loss and they used a I colored it kind of out of gamut, but I always do on things, mm-hmm. and I'm always kind of like, who cares? You know, like. Whatever the closest into gamut is, like that's good enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, people who are um, like, Oh, you can't do it, it has to be C M Y K perfectly. I'm like, uh, chill out. Yeah, get out of here. So I'm like, you know, James Cameron, let's push to the impossible limits of our imagination. And so bad idea actually like kind of sprung for like a spot color on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like extra bright when you see it in person. Like mm-hmm. in on camera, it doesn't really look nearly as bright as it is. It, it looks is incredible though. A bold book, Matt matte black on it which is so sweet um it just looks it just looks like the whole package is cool so like i was just i was proud of it i'll be honest with you i was excited to see it when i went to my little sign i know the feeling and uh yeah like i'm so 
gonna try and make a trip uh, over to the city. I might have to like get into like Aria Metro San Juan to get to a comic shop, <laughs> find, but I'm gonna try and find it. If any of them have, if it, any we'll of them have happens. it, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like whatever. My my thing is like because bad idea, their whole like you know bad idea thing. I'm like it's cool like. But if people can't read it, like, I feel a little bad, but I also kind of feel like James Cameron with the middle <laughs> finger. Like, I'm sorry, that yeah, is not yeah. my problem. I, like, I like I wish you could, but if you don't, that's, worst, like, kind of Worst case not... scenario, I'm sure it's on some website. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, not yet. I wish these motherfuckers would get their grind up. Then back in the old days, it would have been there, but whatever. They haven't gotten it up? Mm-mm. Losers. Shame. Frauds. Fraud. <laughs> what happened? What happened to the good old days? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure, like, my book isn't there either. Well, for different reasons. For different reasons. I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad idea, model, none of that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so people can find you on Twitter at... Daniel Irizarry. And uh, me, at Ramon Villalobos. Follow the show at, at Flintayo. Um, and on Patreon, patreon.com slash mexflintayo. I won't, I won't lie, we lost a lot of you, but that doesn't, you know, it's okay. We kept a few, and it basically kept the lights on for our services that I was too dumb to not turn on, because I kept thinking... Yeah, like, yeah, like, just uh, next week. Like Linus waiting for the great week. pumpkin. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I, like, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Even though we didn't, like, we paid for months of this service <laughs> to record, n- because I kept thinking next week's going to be the week where we're going to record. We're really going to do. We it. just didn't. Yeah, but like, it's you know the Patreon has been able to support that and support the SoundCloud and everything. So I appreciate everyone who does. I understand everyone who didn't, and you know, take it away. No jersey. Wait, wait, wait. Take it away, no jersey, but still shame on you, Dylan. Shame, Dylan Ross. Shame, Dylan Ross.
Zum Dings in Kabel. 